Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. And oh my yogi, do we have a show for you today. Back in March, Alec and I went on an amazing journey to the beautiful land of Hawaii for Wonderlust Oahu. There, we had the amazing experience from a presenter's point of view. We found ourselves on stage singing, Only Love is Real, with the one and only MC Yogi, otherwise known as Nicholas G. As he illuminated the crowd with his sing-along flow, it was only a short time later that we would see how deep his roots go. MC Yogi blends his love of yogi culture with storytelling, hip-hop, and modern kirtan that has surely had me bouncing up and down on my yoga mat. On this episode, Nicholas reveals the power of mantra and its transformative energy while touching on some of the key factors that helped him blossom into the truly well-experienced yogi that he is today. So practice yoga for the people around you, for your mom and for your dad, for your brother, for your sister, for your kids. And, and really practice diligently. Like Get ready to bounce and jive to the vibe as MC Yogi reveals how to uplift your tribe on this episode of the Yoga Revealed Podcast. Ah, well, it's an absolute blessing to be here with you today because your influence and continuous activism through words and through rhyme it's been an absolute inspiration to me and so many others, and it's an honor to have you here today thank you, on man. the Yoga Revealed podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Nick. We had so much fun loving it up on stage and practicing <laughs> yoga with you and the community here at Wanderlust Oahu. Beautiful what, Hawaii. What an amazing uh, gathering of human beings. Like yesterday's class with Trevor Hall and DJ Drez and Amanda was like, that was a real highlight um, for me. There was just a moment where it felt like, you know, you guys' podcast called Yoga Revealed, mm -hmm. and it felt like there was this moment where just like the curtains got pulled back inside everyone's mind at the same time, and there was just like ray of light shining through, and everyone just, you could feel as tangible in the room as like this, like this scintillating energy of just bliss and just ease. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling when you're like, when you're at home and you're relaxed and you don't have to prove anything or like mm -hmm. pretend to be anything, and there's just, you're just... You're just naturally like in the moment. It's really powerful when you feel that in a room full of like 400 people. 
Totally. So that was really just humbling and awesome and incredibly inspiring to be a part of that. Wow. Well, we've been yeah. feeling it. We've been feeling it. Up on stage with you, just, you know, <laughs> jamming, fun. vibing with DJ Drez. So I wanted to talk to you about your past, where you came from, and how you transformed from Nick before you did yoga mm-hmm. to how yoga was first revealed to you. Well, it's interesting because I, I first started out inside an egg, and that's kind of where it all started. <laughs> it was a little tadpole, and then I... Uh, I started to form inside this egg, and I started to develop limbs and a, and a throbbing pulse, and a you know a heart, a brain. Started to grow some lungs and some organs, and at first my bones were really soft, mm-hmm. and then they started to get more dense. Um, and I just started to grow. It was like a chia pet, you know. It just got got a little bigger, a little bigger, and then finally I kind of moved into the external world. Felt the the cool air on my skin. My dad cut the cord. Um, and it just that's where it all started for me mm. was from the stars through the womb and then down to earth and at first it was a little rocky because when I started to learn language and get into the rituals and customs of, of the culture um, some of them made a lot of sense to me I grew up in the Catholic Church and there's a lot of beauty and a lot of mystery and I was always very religious growing up I always felt like drawn and pulled by spirit by something that is sort of beyond what we can see with our senses. So I always had a feeling that there's like a presence, like an underlining power. And as I got older and moved through kind of elementary school, you know, I got really involved in um, comic books. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sparked my imagination. My, I was a really big, um, I was really into X-Men. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was, to be honest, I was really into Spider-Man because I yeah. felt like he was like a, a yogi to me. Like he was so Straight flexible up. and... You know, and it's all about, you know, this web that we weave. You know, we could weave a web that becomes a trap, or we can weave a web that can sort of get us out of predicaments and help other people. And so for me, like, the words and rhymes, when I was about seven or eight, I discovered hip-hop. I became conscious of hip-hop music. Uh, Me and my little brother, who's a DJ, uh, we grew up listening to, like, Grandmaster Flash and Run DMC and BC Boys and Africa Bambata and all, like, sort of the roots hip-hop and... Um, that really, to me, it was like th- these these guys were like heroes to me. They were like comic book characters, mm-hmm. you know, with colorful names and um, really descriptive language and like impact and punch and all this really sort of like jazzy, vibey, fresh music. And they were telling stories like Slick Rick and, and Nas. And, and so to me, it was like a, uh, an audio comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to hip hop, it's like I was reading comic books in my mind and I was getting the flash of all these images. And I started painting graffiti because I've always been very visual. My favorite thing to draw growing up was Bart Simpson and <laughs> Batman. And um, I could do a pretty good Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and so I was always into like, you know, colorful characters and stuff and like action and like heroes and people who were sort of slightly different, but they had some kind of magical power because of some trauma that happened in their life and they were able to get on the other side of it and turn that suffering into a strength and then to turn around and help others with it. So for me, um, I started getting into a lot of trouble when I was around you know, 11, 12. I started smoking cigarettes when I was like 11 or 12, drinking, doing drugs um, pretty early on. 
And why was that? What do you think triggered that? Well, I there was sort of like a um, a real shock that came when my parents got divorced, mm. and everything that felt like it was solid, like the foundation, just sort of cracked mm. and split into two. It was like tectonic plates. It was like an yeah. earthquake in my little life, and everything split. And I found myself sort of caught in the sort of the chasm or the chasm, like the the gap. I was in between two sides, and really, yoga is about bridging that gap. So. It was like the external broke and it kind of pushed me down this path that was sort of dark because I didn't feel like I could really rely on anything. And also religion kind of showed me through the institutionalization of it that it wasn't really reliable as a source of truth. Like it felt kind of dark and shadowy and there was a lot of politics and a lot of lies and, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and I, so everything that I kind of grew up relying on as truth, I had to sort of question. And I stumbled into drugs and, you know, I found myself in some dark situations. A lot of my friends were involved in selling drugs and there was violence and, you know, guns and knives and stuff like that were around us. And, you know, I had friends who were like shooting at other friends and um, I had a gun at one point when I was like 14. I had a loaded gun in my backpack and, and you know, I never really came from a rough neighborhood or anything like that, but it was just a rough time. And trouble was, you know, everywhere. And I didn't really have a pathway out of it. So I ended up getting arrested a bunch of times, uh, went to jail, didn't stay long. I, I think my dad bailed me out the next day. And uh, mainly I got arrested the most for graffiti because I was painting a lot at that time, stealing spray cans from Walmart. Um, we had this little, uh, this little hustle that me and my, we had a little group of graffiti kids, my little crew. And we used to go and steal real high-end, expensive golf balls from the big box stores. And then we'd take that package of golf balls over to the golf course and we'd sell it to the Japanese businessmen for a discounted rate. And then we'd turn around and use that money to go buy paint. Or we'd just straight up steal the paint in like garbage buckets at like, you know, the big hardware stores, which I do not recommend anyone out there do that. But that's just how we got paint when we were young. And we used to paint the freeways and the freight trains and, you know, go into like places like Psycho City and, and the J-Line Tunnel in San Francisco and really cool to like go into these dark places and then flash a light against the wall and see all this incredible color and and just people putting their lives and their freedom on the line to paint something that they felt was important to them. Mm. Um, so then I got shipped off to a group home. It was like a school for at-risk kids. And I lived there for about two and a half years. And that was actually really good because it brought structure back to my life. Mm -hmm. And just a lot of good teachers and mentors mm -hmm. that helped me out along the way. And it all sort of coalesced when I left that. I finally graduated high school late because I was kicked out of like three schools. Um, and when I finally graduated late, I uh, met my dad's friend whose name was Larry Schultz. And he was the first kind of yoga teacher I think I, I ever met in my life. And Larry was famous for traveling with the Grateful Dead as, mm -hmm. as, the, as the dead's teacher on the road. And Larry was a student of Sri K. Patabi Joyce, the, in kind of the founder of, uh, he was the founder of Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga, Mysore, South India, in Karnataka. And uh, so Larry kind of took me under his wing. And at that time I was still painting graffiti, still listening to hip hop. My brother was DJing, we were putting on parties and, um, 
And so I was still getting into a little bit of trouble. Like I met Amanda when I was living at the studio and we fell in love and it's sort of our love stories. I took her up to the rooftop one day after everyone had left the studio because I was sleeping in the studio. I was like, Larry had let me be like a dog on the floor. Like I would sweep up and roll up the mats, clean up, and then I wouldn't have to pay rent or anything. I just lived there. Mm. And um, he really took me under his wing. And one day Amanda was at the studio and everyone else was gone and it was nighttime and I, we climbed up the cubbies where people put their shoes and we climbed out the window and we went up to the rooftop and I had painted her a big, huge mural of her face. <laughs> and that's how we kind of like, and Amanda's an amazing artist too. So mm -hmm. she's she's a muralist and, and a fine she's artist. She's 1,000 Buddhas, right? Yeah, she's in the process of painting 10,000 Buddhas right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually you can see a bunch of them on Instagram, which is pretty cool. And does she just do different murals all over the world? Yeah, she's doing, she recently did one in Miami, um, on Abbott Kinney down in LA. Um, a bunch up where we live in the Bay Area, and she's in the process of um, painting a big mural for Spirit Rock, uh, Buddha Center, Northern California, and she did some beautiful murals in Hollywood at the Wanderlust Yoga Studio. Yeah, I've seen that all. I went to um, the mindfulness talk on January 30th, um, which was my birthday. Was oh, no way. Corn. Happy yeah, birthday, bro. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful with um, Sean Korn and uh, Marion Williamson. Oh, beautiful. And a few senators and Prince EA. Oh, nice. Um, it was an absolutely amazing experience. And I, as soon as I went, I just saw this wall, this huge wall. And I was like, wow, that's Amanda's work right there. Yeah. That's amazing. Really, really beautiful stuff. Yeah, so art has always been a really uh, powerful part of Amanda and my life. And I think that was the thing that really sort of sort of triggered me starting to study and learn the philosophy and mythology of the yoga tradition and put it into like hip hop form, into like verse and tell those stories uh, through the music, you know, as an oral tradition so they could be passed on to people who may not be exposed to, to those stories otherwise. Because um, those stories really like they they helped me a lot when I when I started to do yoga and I started to hear these stories. You know, Tim Miller is a great yoga teacher, as well. great Nishtangi, great storyteller. He told a lot of those stories about Hanuman and um, and Shiva. And so when I heard those stories again, it was like comic books for me. Like I was so inspired by these heroic tales of people using their yoga and meditation powers to do mm. you know incredible things that were sort of superhuman. And so that really started to inform my, my practice. I, it started to broaden my imagination, it opened my heart, stretched my mind. And then I started just writing these songs. And to be honest, like, it was kind of mystical, like, the way that these songs kind of happened, um, it's hard to describe, but they just, kinda, it was like a stream. It was like tapping into a river because they just kind of poured out. There was not a lot of struggle it was very much like just, you know, channeling this river and just pouring it into the into the music. And I was really lucky early on because I met um, Krishna Das and Jayutal and Bhagavan Das um, and Sharon Gannon, who you've also interviewed. So all these great mentors who um, shared so much of their knowledge with me and their love and their devotion. And I had the great honor of collaborating with them on my first record 
Um, and it's just been a continuing journey of just like unfolding, uncovering, discovering, you know, pulling those curtains back again and again. Yeah. Just seeing all that magic that's, that's hidden inside and finding ways to like move it toward the outside. I think that's a really beautiful story for not only the people who follow you and listen to your music to have that background. I had no idea about how you have studied with so many beautiful yoga teachers. And well, there's a, there's a lot more too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I look forward yeah. to keeping that revealing. And, Thank and you. you know, I think um, you're on stage and, and you had said you had this vision, you were looking at the ocean and you had this dream. Tell us yeah. about that. Tell us about that dream. This recent dream? You, well, yeah, you were talking about it on stage two nights ago. Well, that dream in particular, like that was my that was my setup in my intro for bringing Trevor Hall up on stage because that was my dream was to do perform live with Trevor Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, making your you dreams know. come true. What, yeah. When 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 in your life did it, you know from starting to study did it, MC Yogi become you? When did that evolve? So we were in Mysore, South India, studying with our teacher, Sri K. Patabi Joyce. Um, we, I think we were in India for like three months, maybe, studying and practicing every day. Um, we've been to India several times to study, but on this particular time, I was just feeling so lit up. The practice was working on me in such a deep way, and we were meditating and chanting and um, just living like that yogic lifestyle. And, you know, waking up, going to the temple, and eating simply and and so I just I was like I welled up man I had so much like good good feeling and so much inspiration I was like man I want to throw a concert for everybody because I was like I was known for like freestyling like I love to freestyle um, I love to get into that stream that river and just let it pour out and so I was like man I want to do this concert I want to give back to um, India India has done so much and yoga has done so much to help me in my life it's helped me to recover and to like transform and to you know, it's giving me tools to uplift myself. So I want to. Do, I want to do this free concert. So Amanda and I made these posters, and we start. We like went up and we pasted around um, India, South India, and Mysore in the city, and we just advertised free concert. And I didn't really have a name at that time, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I, was, I just put MC Yogi on it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the most generic thing you can think about. Dude. <laughs> It's yeah. great, yeah. man. It's like yeah. straight to the yeah. point. And yeah. Kind of OG, speaks to it's it. very yeah. like, you know. So we started putting these posters up all around town. And, and then I talked to um, this really cool guy named Ganesh who has a, a restaurant. And above the restaurant, he's got a rooftop where a lot of, you know, a lot of the pilgrims, a lot of the yogis from all around the world would gather, like people from Germany and Israel and Australia and, you know, all over yogis coming to study you know, locals and, and foreigners. And we decided, let's throw this free concert. And so we didn't know how many people were going to show up. I didn't, there was no sound system. There was no band. There was no DJ. So you just showed up and you were like, we just showed we up. And Here then we, we, we turned up and like, there was like over, over like 150. Wow. It was like, there was a lot of people like the, the, the rooftop was full. And so I got together with um, Ganesh who played the tabla and this other incredible uh, musician from Germany who just had graduated with a, a degree in percussion. And he had a silver plate, stainless steel tali plate, and uh, a bucket and a spoon. And so it was the most <laughs> ragtag band you'd ever seen. 
It's just like percussion. Yeah. You got the dude on the top low. Yeah. You guys are just throwing it together and making it happen. Yeah, we had the dude from India, the dude from Germany, and the dude from California. And we just put together this makeshift sort of spur of the moment off the top of the head concert. And people just went nuts. And that's how MC Yogi was born on a rooftop in South India. Wow. That's amazing. It was so much fun, man. I have great memories of that night. And from that night, you immediately knew that that was your calling. That's how you were going to share yoga. Well, it was just so much, like the energy was just so electric and it just it just started to gain this momentum. And then I linked up with Drez, mm-hmm. you know, and we've been... Yes, I am. Yeah, DJ, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Drez and, and, you know, Amanda. And, and we've just been traveling, sharing these stories, teaching classes. I mean, now it's been it's been kind of a phenomenon. Like I call it a Hanuman phenomenon. It's like this unstoppable force. Because, you know, we've performed, you know, to over 20,000 people. Um, we've taught yoga at the White House. Nice. Um, we've had the incredible opportunity to collaborate with artists like Trevor Hall on this song called Road Home, which I really love. It kind of tells this story. And, you know, collaborate with Modest Yahoo and um, just so many incredible artists. And, and it's just, it feels like it's an on, it's, it's like this unfolding storyline. It's like a comic book, you know? And I just, I keep turning the page and I'm always surprised at what's next. I'm like, how could it possibly get better than this? <laughs> and then I go to the next chapter and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. It's like, there's so much good energy um, that it's, you know, I feel like I'm in service of that. Um, I don't really think I am MC Yogi. I think MC Yogi is like a character in a comic book that I happen to write, you know, like, but I don't, I'm not really MC Yogi. That's just like, you know, I'm more like Peter Parker. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Behind, behind allowing that observance of it all happening, you know? Just watching and enjoying the show. That's beautiful. You know, Nick, I, I find, I observe that looking back into the times where you were living a more troubled, yeah. young brother life, the yoga really tapped into your, your mind and it rewired everything. Yeah, it did. So I wonder... In the times where you find maybe you're just far beyond this point, but I'm sure throughout the practice of getting into the yoga the first few years, you had these triggers, these moments where you're like, oh, I want to tap into this old way. What took you to that next step of being and observing that and being like, no more? Well, the old way is not necessarily a bad way. It just needs to be refined. Like there's no bad ways, but wherever there's harm, then that needs to be looked at and the energy needs to be raised um, so that everything becomes a part of the prayer, part of the offering. But the idea that anything needs to be sort of gotten rid of, it it hasn't really helped me because whenever I think about that, it just gives it more energy. So for for me and my process, what I've discovered for myself is not to try to stop things, but just to move things into the river of my practice. So if there's some negative thing like rearing its head, like say I get jealous or angry or upset or competitive or things that we would sort of classify as being negative, instead of pretending like that doesn't exist, I'll just look at it, work with it. It's almost like kneading dough or like stretching uh, the canvas or just priming or whatever. It's just that's an, an important part of the process. But if I stop there, then I don't get to my painting. But if I look at it and be like, no, actually, this is all this energy is just energy. Like, I can work with this. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. I'm going to have a great show tonight because I'm fired up. Yep. You know, I'm going <laughs> to channel that anger into a positive direction, which is, 
you know, being creative, being constructive, being progressive. Mm -hmm. So the moment when I tried to like stop doing things, I just found that I was doing them more. Mm -hmm. And the moment that I just said, oh, I see what this is. I'm going to lift this up and move this forward in the direction that I want to go. Then I had more wind at my back, more fuel in my tank. So everything I feel like, this is sort of a tantric philosophy, right? Like everything can be harnessed and utilized toward the goal of self-realization and expressing that feeling of bliss. How do we take this energy and this bliss and this light and this power and this, you know, this vibration that we experience in, in like samadhi and like yoga, like when we're in deep meditation or shavasana, so much peace. How do we take all that and then share it? Mm. Dance, music, poetry, art, fashion, yeah. you know, uh, putting together a festival. Like those are all beautiful ways to like take all that good energy and share it. But you know, it's not always good all the time. And that's okay too. I think if we try to make it so it's always good vibes, yeah. When the shit is not good, we're, uh, then we're lying. Yeah. yeah, we're lying. Like, <laughs> and yoga is not about like being dishonest. Yoga is about you know what? It's hard and difficult right now. But how can I take this and and channel integrate it. it and channel it yeah. through my practice? You know. So it's it's the yin and the yang, man. It's, mm. it's it's working with everything that life gives us and making something beautiful out of it. Definitely. So as you continue to inspire and touch so many, how do you keep your practice near and dear to your heart so that you are able to go the, out on stage and really feel in tune with your, your art, your expression of truth? Um, I'm married, <laughs> and that's the best source of uh, inspiration that I have in my life next to, like, you know, my family. And, and uh, we have a yoga studio in Northern California that we've had for about 15 years, so... You know, I'm in service to that community and, you know, I'm all about being as much as possible a good brother, a good son, a good husband, good friend. Uh, I'm not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes, but those things are my checks and balances. They sort of keep me in order and keep me in line. That's my sort of solar system and my sort of universe is all those people around me. And I feel like as long as I'm connected with everybody and we're in dialogue and we're being, you know, true to ourselves and to each other, it's like there's there's order and there's peace. And, and you know, there's gonna be difficult times. Like my dad, you know, fell from a second story building last year, almost died, shattered his heel, couldn't walk, was in a wheelchair. Amanda and I moved in to help take care of him. My dad's one of my closest friends. He was one of my first yoga teachers. He introduced me to yoga. And it was really powerful, man, because you see, like you can have fame, you could have money, you could have a million followers on Instagram. But really, what is more important than your father, or your mother, or your wife, mm. or your dog, or like mm. your health? Your loved ones. Your loved ones, man. And that's what, that's what yoga reminds me every day, is that the most important thing, you know, it's like Michael Franti says, the most important things are not things. Mm. You know, they're people. True. People and places and like, you know, that connection that we all have. And so that's that keeps me, like, motivated. Like, I want to work harder and be a better person for those people. And I want to keep growing, and I want to become a better storyteller. Someday I'd like to create my own comic books, you know, maybe make a movie. Yeah, that's the way. You know, put out some more albums. Creativity flowing. Yeah, just keep growing, keep flowing, keep unfolding. 
You know what? I've actually, since knowing Drez, um, since I was like nine years old, um, I've been waiting for a collaboration between you. We all Drez, are, man. We all are. And Rocky Dauni. Ooh, Rocky. That would be amazing. Nice. I will make that happen. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Drez and I are cooking some stuff up in the back end, but we're taking our time because we want, like, when we put something out together, we want it to be like juicy. You know, we want it to be good. Like, there's mm-hmm. no rush. Mm-hmm. Like we're in it for the long haul, you know. This is we got the long game in mind, and so that's that's, that's the thing, thing that, that kind of keeps, keeps me like life, life is a marathon, not a sprint. sprint. Mm-hmm. And like, like that's, that's why, why I love, love yoga because it gives me endurance. endurance. Like if you've practiced yoga for a long time, you have more stamina. Not just like on the mat, but just in life, you can deal with things. You have a little more. It's like what David Life says. Mm. Um, you have a little more distance and space. When you meditate, you you learn how to become more of a witness. And in the process, when things start to come up and they're sort of unresolved or undigested, you don't have to freak out right away. There's that little pause, and hopefully that pause gets longer so that we can like have some space and be like, oh, I know what that is. I'm going to do this with that. Tiny little moments like that. That's the mala of our life is all these tiny little moments. And if we can turn all those moments into like a pause and a breath and a prayer and a mantra, then all those little moments that at first glance could seem like horrible things, like my dad falling, Mm. could actually become huge blessings. You know, it was amazing because, you know, that I feel like that brought our family closer together and we sort of got back to center and like, you know, life has a mysterious way of like, making things happen for the greater good even when they don't seem good at the time if we keep going you know it'll yoga reveals man (laughs) yoga reveals reveals there's a greater plan than than what our limited capacity to understand um you know the mind is sometimes can be very small but the ocean is very big so i'll let the ocean move through it thanks for that reminder it's a two-part question here. We love to ask this question to every single person. What is yoga to you? And follow that up with, what is love to you? Well, you just answered the question. <laughs> yoga is love. And then we unpack that because what is love? Love is the glue that holds everything together. Love is gravity. Uh, love is what heals our wounds, beats our hearts, blinks our eyes, moves the breath in our lungs. It's the power that shines in the sun, um, that turns the planets, moves the spheres. That's like the cosmic all-encompassing force, the light that shines through all eyes is that intelligence. Like the surface mind is like where, you know, the anxiety sort of wells up, the tension, the stress, it's all on the surface. Underneath that, there's like, there's a deep, deep well, a reservoir of just light and, and a steady, unbroken, consistent flame that is shining in and around us always. And so yoga is how do we, yoga or yuj means to, to yoke, like to, to tie yourself to something. So yoga, in my my personal experience, was about unraveling all the things that I had yoked myself to that were limited, mm. that I was using as like a crutch or 
and it's an ongoing process because you know things happen all the time and I use that as a way to um, distract myself. When I untie that, unhook that, and retract all those wires and those ropes and I slide everything back in and I connect to what's in the center instead of to what's on the surface, then I'm connecting to something that's bigger and stronger and mightier and more intelligent than any little part can be. When I connect to that through yoga meditation, mantra prayer, service, then all of a sudden I'm not clinging or struggling or reaching or grabbing or freaking out because I've dropped in and become established in the self, in the Atman. Mm. And in that moment, there's peace and I could do my job. And I could be you know, more released from the outcome. And I could just enjoy the process. There's an old saying, let go and let God. So now that we've talked about the process, can you tell me about the future? Oh, your future looks very bright. (laughs) I see a lot of podcasts in your future. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty, plenty more. Plenty more teachers to reveal. Um, There's a lot of chapters to be written. I think we're all in the process of writing our life story. Mm. And I would just encourage everyone out there, including myself, um, let's just write a really good epic. Let's write a trilogy, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's write a, a saga that's all about becoming triumphant in this age of materialism and destruction. How can our generation and the generations coming after us be those heroes who take all this stuff that seems negative and use it as fuel for their and our process to make something greater and more beautiful? So I think the future is written by those who are working hard now in the present to make life a more beautiful experience for everybody. The artists, the poets, the dancers, the scientists, the mathematicians, the astronauts, Jacques Cousteau, everyone underwater, above water, the environmentalists. There's a lot of good politicians out there. I'm feeling the burn right now. Yeah, (laughs) Bernie Sanders is doing it, man. See, see, you're the fire monkey, man. So we don't know what's going to happen, but regardless of what happens on the top level, like on the ground, we can all be working, doing what we love every day, making the world a better place by putting more beauty into the world. That's the truth. And what would you say are three key tips that you can give to yogis out there listening who may have just started their practice and are looking to deepen their practice and really understand the root of service and bhakti and really bringing that creative expression to the forefront of sharing their passion. Well, there's a great saying from uh, Swami named Swami Muktananda who came to America, you know, around the 70s and lit a lot of people up through the meditation practices that he was sharing from the Shaivite tradition. And he used to say that practicing meditation, a lot of people misunderstand, they think it's selfish. But actually doing spiritual practice is the most unselfish thing you could do because you're working on yourself in a way that affects all your relationships. My teacher Larry Schultz used to always say that I practice yoga so that I'm less miserable to be around. 
So practice yoga for the people around you, for your mom and for your dad, for your brother, for your sister, for your kids. And, and really practice diligently, like not just when you're on the mat, but every moment you catch yourself and you remember to breathe or move to a state of gratitude. That's the practice, you know, everything we do on the mat is to get us into that state of mind so that we're feeling that way when we're in our car, when we're standing in line, when we're, you know, just hanging out, making dinner, whatever it is, like the practice becomes, it, it kind of leaks into every part of our life. And so my first point would be, the more you practice, the easier it gets. Even if it's just five minutes a day, even if it's just waking up and just starting the day by saying, I'm so grateful to be alive. You know, so many of my friends are no longer here. And just remembering what a huge blessing and how fortunate it is that we still have these bones and this breath and these eyes and these ears. Whatever we have, just being grateful for that. The second thing would be listen to good music. Yeah. You know, whether it's DJ Drez or MC Yogi or Trevor Hall or, or whoever you like, you know, there's so much good music out there right now. Find music that, that moves you into a good state of mind yeah. and practice yoga to it, you know, and let those songs be a touchstone for you. Like every time you hear that song, let it remind you. Third thing would be hang out with good people. Listening to music is like hanging out with good people. Hanging out with good people, listening to good music is like the triple threat, man. Like, <laughs> it's like that's you're, you're golden, you know? You're hanging out with good people, listening to good music, eating good food, having good times. And then it makes all the hard times in life, which we all face, easier because we have that buffer. We know that there's going to be difficulty. We're all going to get sick at some point. Um, everyone we know and love will die, you know, will shed this skin unexpected turbulence will happen in our flight. You know, there will be bumpy roads, choppy waters. But when we really bolster ourselves with those experiences of being with good people, listening to good music, eating good food, having those good times, then we store up our bank account of good energy so that we could use that good energy in the difficult times. So do yoga, listen to good music, hang out mm. with good people, and just keep going. Mm. What would be a prayer? that you would offer to our listeners in light of that hardship that we're inevitably going to face. The prayer is to remember that it's always darkest right before the dawn. You know, I have a song that I wrote when I was in South India on pilgrimage called Sunlight. And the first verse starts, in your darkest day when he can't find your way, looking outside all you find is gray, confined by the mind trapped inside the cage, a slave to what you crave with no way to escape. Look behind the mind and you will find The place inside where the sun shines Feel it shine like a star inside the heart One light shine bright, wash away the dark In your darkest day, when you can't find your way Looking outside, all you find is gray Confined by the mind, trapped inside the cage A slave to what you crave with no way to escape Look behind the mind and you will find The place inside where the sun shines Feel it shine like a star inside your heart One light, shine bright Eventually we will get through the dark And the new day will come So just know that even when it's dark You can always rely on that sun coming up again to brighten mm. our face so just stay with it mm. stay with it the truth it's the truth 
man. That was the best nugget. <laughs> no, that, that, like literally we we ask you know what is one nugget of wisdom that you can leave our listeners with and i feel like that was the nugget right yeah, there that was good well that's why we do sun salutations mm. that's why there's so many ups and downs and we keep coming back to center because the sun shines in the center of us mm-hmm. and when we get into orbit of that internal sunshine you know the police sting had a great song called invisible sun and when we get in touch with that invisible sunshine, then when it gets dark and cloudy, we can still feel it shining. Yeah, we always have that light. Word up. Mm. Well, Nick, thank you yeah, so much so nice for to be with taking you guys. some time and sharing with us you. Yoga Reveals. Namaste. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Yoga Revealed with MC Yogi today. We were so impacted by Nick's vulnerable share of his life story on the podcast that we made a beautiful video to share with you. You can watch this video in our upcoming newsletter by subscribing at yogarevealed.com. You can listen to MC Yogi on Spotify and SoundCloud. If you want to take his yoga classes, which are an awesome dance party, attend any Wanderlust festival across the country and get tribal marked, Meet the Yoga Revealed podcast team and practice yoga with some of today's most dedicated teachers. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and we are so blessed to be in this community of like-minded yogis. Only love is real, my friends. Live it bright and shine your light. Namaste. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.